Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. All thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. This week, our guest is the one and only Joel Sugar Kane. You're now the... I mean, I'd say you're the face of sports bet as far as... Oh, yeah, like, I mean, I think that's fair to say. How'd that whole role start? And it feels like it was something that has grown for you or that, like, you've grown into, you yeah. know? How'd that, how'd that come about? How that started was I went to a... A function. I was just a, an ex-player and went to a function. Matty Tripp, who was then the owner of Sportsbet, he was at a luncheon. They had bought an asset. Remember One HD Channel Ten, sort yes. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sports yeah, yeah. channel. Sport? Y- yes, was it their sports channel. And then it was like, and then it was like half sport, and then it went. <laughs> then <laughs> then half nothing. Now, yeah. now maybe it's like ten peach. Which yeah. Just has yeah. Our neighbours around. So. They had bought an asset there, which when I say that, they bought a spot there mm. as sports bet. So they needed somebody, a talking head, to go there and promote that. And they hadn't had anyone. And I'd met these guys at this luncheon. And then out of the blue, they said, look, I was telling a few stories at the luncheon. And they said, can you go and do that? So that started then. And then that was sort of just going quiet for a while. And I'll never forget Barney Evans, who's now the CEO at Sportsbet. Sportsbet, up until that point, was a very um, Melbourne, Victorian sort of centric business because that's where you know everyone lived and up there Kazali's the number one sport down there yeah. and you know it was just Barney Evans who's now the CEO and I just rate the bloke so high highly he's great bloke and very very good at and sharp at his job he comes up to Sydney just to come and catch up with the Sydney staff and he's having coffees and luncheons and he says oh let's go for a coffee so we go for a coffee at George Gregan's I don't know if it's still there but Pitt Street Mall and and we're talking about things and what are your views? And I said, I think we're very Melbourne-centric and, you know, the population of Victoria, and you know, compared to New South Wales and Queensland, I think there's bigger opportunity for growth in New South Wales and Queensland. So we sit down having a coffee and I hand him the paper and I said, just start from the back and tell me when you hit an AFL article. And fortunately for me, it was just one of those record-breaking days where it was just an NRL-thon, you know. <laughs> Every page was NRL, NRL, NRL. Say no more. I know what needs to be done. So within about a year or two, next thing you know, sports better putting their hand up to get the rights for the NRL. Mm. What had happened, I don't know if you remember, but it was quite turbulent around Tommy Waterhouse at the time. Is this when he was doing all the like He was like walking onto the, the field in all of his ads yeah. and shit. And it yeah. Was, yeah. Is yeah. that what you're referring to? That's yes. Yeah. And I think part of that was, uh, it is the Australian way, tall poppiness, you know. Yes. Like a lot of the Aussies can't really relate to being Tom Waterhouse. So I thought to myself and, and the marketing team, I said, well, scale it right back. You know, no suits and ties. And well, we slowly got away from that. And no other sport, like people are watching sports, so let's try and steer away from before a game talking about horse racing or talking about let's just go real rugby league, real knockabout, don't have to be perfect, no script, let's just go. And then all of a sudden it went quiet. So he was getting smashed all the time. So I think the NRL may have been relieved that the noise around all this sort of went a bit quiet. But that's basically how, how that all started. And then, like, I mean, what's like, what would your role be at, at Sportsbet? What's do you have like a title? Oh, I'd be like a brand ambassador, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, because it seems like you're quite heavily involved then in the decision. Quite a successful decision. Well, I wouldn't say I was heavily involved. I was an idea, and and then that probably... newspaper thing sounds like a pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I reckon that's pretty bloody cluey. Yeah. And so, how many? Like, are you a sort of a one take operator? Do you reckon you come uh, in, rip through it, nail it? I'd say so. Yeah, 
I'd, I'd say so. I, I think it's better to be imperfect and just yeah. get it done, and, and it's more real, I think. Yeah. Yes, maybe a one-take wonder, but not perfect, you know what I mean? When you were younger, you spoke about how you were, you know, the commentary almost was the main thing. How early were you identified as a talent? How early did you know you were good at footy? What was your, what's your earliest experiences with, with rugby league? Mm. So my very first grand final was playing for the Penrith Waratahs. So we just lived just around the corner from Panther Stadium. My parents weren't into rugby league at all, but I fell in love with it. I don't know why. They started their first grand final against Mount Druitt, and then just away we went. But I, I was always a try scorer from the get-go, from the absolute get-go. But, yeah, I just, just love – I was sick for it. Like, I'd be – every single day, I would be down the park with a ball, kicking the ball every single day. Did you have any well, – you, you had a brother who played as well, right? Two, two other brothers two, played first grade. Who both grade, played yeah. first grade. Yeah. So, and you were the oldest. Usually they say it's like the youngest of the brothers who's like the best because yeah. – Which which is was true. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So who – I mean, forgive me, I don't – I'm not a, across your, your brothers. I know that I knew one played for Canola. I didn't know that two of them did. Both of them were far better than me. Tony was this kid who didn't make many rep teams. He was the player of the tournament at a New South Wales car. I've never made the side. You know, like he was – just a grafting player. Mm. Everything was in front of him. And this is a good story for Nathan Brown, the coach. So what had happened was Tony had about eight clubs after him at the age of 18. He was probably the most sought-after 18-year-old at the time. Yeah. Wow. Bit of a prodigy. He, yeah, at the time. Mm. And what had happened was he hadn't yet debuted in first grade. So all these clubs are clamouring around. Nathan Brown had done a handshake deal with him to sign at the Dragons, and it was big coin for a kid. Mm. So the, drag, the Sharks, where he was at, wanted to debut him on that weekend to then sign him the next week, not knowing he'd done a handshake deal with Nathan Brown. Mm. But he he's obviously doesn't want to share it because he wants to play this debut. They play, I forget who they're playing, but Kobe and I are living over at France at the time, and he comes onto the field in the 54th minute, which I'll never forget. And the only way we can see the game, we're watching the live stats on the NRL. So we see zero tackle, zero runs, 54 minute, one run, Tony Kane. One tackle, Tony Kane. Two two runs, two tackles. And then it stops. And I'm thinking the whole thing's frozen, but then all the other stats are moving. So you'd probably have to YouTube this, but he comes on and there's the red 40 metre stripe in front of him. At the time, Brett Kamali is the incumbent halfback screaming for the ball. And Tony in his head's got one voice giving it to the Australian halfback. The other voice is saying, how good would a 40-20 be on debut? <laughs> so he steps out from dummy half absolutely slams the ball. But Steve Price, who's the front row at the Warriors, dives into oh, his knee I know and his foot, his foot keeps coming up oh, towards his knee. Right? Is that your brother? I didn't yeah, know that was that, that was That was four minutes, and my hair stand up again, four minutes into his debut. Yeah, there's a photo. You can yeah, see I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one, of the, it's one of the most terrific knee injuries. So they said it was a whole back page in the paper. Danny Badiris knew he was coming through to be the next Danny Badiris, so to speak. He's reached out to him. So anyway... All those eight clubs just desert him. But he's done a handshake deal with Nathan Brown, so this is going to test out the Dragons. Doctors are saying this kid will never play again. It was that bad. Everything was shot. But he's such a resilient, tough bugger. He would be on the wall on a Swiss ball all day, right? And Nathan Brown sends a contract to him. Handshake's a handshake, right? So the contract, despite being told he'll probably never play, comes through. So he wants to pay him back and will not get off this Swiss ball. Round one that next year against the uh, Titans, he's the number nine. The following year. Following year. Wow. Plays the whole year. And then, this is now a 19-year-old on a mega contract, right? And we grew up on reduced quick sale. Like we're a family who never had anything. It was always a f- scrap. Mm. Always, right? It was a chaotic upbringing. So he's got this opportunity. He could literally retire and get that money. Nathan Brown is under the pump. 
So he walks in as a 19-year-old to Nathan Brown's office and says, Brownie, rips up the contract. Mate, uh, I can't give any more. It, it's, my knee's completely shot. I've done all I can for a whole year. Go and um, go and pay it on someone else to help you out, you know, in a position you need. So he walked away from a massive contract, wow. ripped it up, didn't take a cent, so that Nathan Brown could have a better chance the following year, but knowing that Nathan Brown didn't have to come through on the handshake, which he did. Yeah. yeah. But later on, you know, years down the track, I was at the pub one day and having a beer with Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart was coaching at the Sharks. Where's TC, Tane going, blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, mate, he's back training, blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks later, from nowhere, he's a starting hooker for, for the Sharks under Ricky Stewart. And then again to Ricky, he says, oh, Rick, I'm shot, you know. And So he never got to where he should have. Yeah. But rat's ass, it's, it's life and plays yeah. on. Yeah. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.